if you care about something, don't be scared to use your voice and post about it. It's important. Other people feel seen. Especially I know, when you have a platform. Exactly. And people look up to you. I'm sorry. I know you don't want to post if like you want to be bipartisan and you have sponsors and your publicist is telling you don't do it. But when you have 1.4 million followers on Instagram. No, but even if your publicist is telling you to do it, tell them to suck a dick. Josie, I 100% agree with you. I was actually just going to say. worth more. I agree. A thousand percent. a job or a dollar sign and you're a fucking whore if you put your (laughs) dollar signs over your morality. Hi, I'm Josie Toda. How are you guys doing? Hi, I'm Yasmeen Hamidi. I actually recently found out that that's how you pronounce my name. We've been trying to whitewash it. Hi, I'm Alicia Pascual Peña, and this is Dare We Say. Can we talk about the fact that you just recently learned how to pronounce your last name? I do name? feel like you need to yes. go into a support group or something. How are you doing? No, because I, I, here's the thing. All my family in Lebanon are like, you're not saying, so it's Yasmin Hamidi. But obviously all these people, and no one's not going to, no one's going to pronounce that correctly. So I know that. But my dad, when he was like coming to America at the ripe age of 12, like he was like, uh, I think he was trying to fit in, you know, it's a scary time coming to like Flint, Michigan from the Middle East. And he was like, Hamity. So that's like the widest you can sound. You know, I used to pronounce my name as Yasmin, Yasmin. That's, That's not my name. That's How embarrassing. embarrassing is that? Literally till college, I, I was like, my name is Yasmin. And now, and I just say Hamity. Even on the podcast trailer, I'm like Hamity. And my parents are like, it's Hamity. And I started crying. But how did but no that's one what notice I'm saying. that? How did you go this you long? You lived for in, 24 years. And Baba or so like Teta guys, didn't I, say, little girl, you're saying your name wrong. The only Arabic words, Lisa. Don't play with me. I'm yeah. working on it. And these bitches no, please, won't teach please. me anymore. So. <laughs> little segue how are you guys doing like what's the latest in everyone's mental health like how are you recovering Yasmin? I don't know how comfortable you feel talking about this but you recently <laughs> departed from a lover not Josie yeah Josie, Josie yeah, bring bring bring, bring it up bring it up it's fun I mean it's an interesting one because I've never felt this way before and I feel like I'm in LA the dating life in LA makes me actually want to drink my own vomit and Same. then and then and then drink it again after I vomited again. Like that's the dating life in LA. It's literally a, a joke. Yeah. But meeting someone not from this country, like a UK person, like has like <laughs> open. I'm obsessed with the Brits. I know. I know they're colonizers, but I'm obsessed with the Brits. No comment. I really am upset. I'm. 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 I'm obsessed with the Brits. I. I don't know why. Well, yes, I do. I studied abroad there. But oh god. I know. I'm a study abroad girl. I'll never live it down. No, I won't. But I think it's interesting. Like. When you don't know what to do, when like it's a for, it's almost like a forbidden love. I'm so dramatic, but it's like right person, wrong time. Type okay, yeah. Me. Describe a situation. You basically met someone. You have been messaging them for like a week on Hinge, and no, then, on text message, and then we went to message. WhatsApp, and, and, and then, then we met WhatsApp. Which when when it gets into WhatsApp, that's when you know it's getting serious. Yeah. And so then you meet up with this person. You spend 24 hours with this person. Rendezvous, and you're in love. Well, I wouldn't say like it's actually in love, but like no, infatuated. But like it's, like, it's, it's like, like love you. Love. It's puppy love. It's like I'm a little new baby puppy and I'm wagging my little tail because I'm so happy all the time. But then reality hits. And for me, I'm an optimist. I'm not a realist. I'm always like, no, but we can make things work when it's like realistically. No, you can't. 
Like, that's just not it because there's a 6,000 mile distance between you. Six thousand, And also like, I need physical, affirm, like physical validation, aff- affirmation, okay. validation, affection. And so does this person. And also like, I'm not in a place to be committed to anyone right now because we have this podcast going, we're working, we're, we're young women, you know, like we're 22 and 24 and 23 years old. We need the I'm world's not 20, our oysters. Wait, bitch, I'm 21. I forget you're 21 sometimes. I was waiting. You, I just turned 21 five days ago. And I literally texted you 21 and I said 22. This is my fault. I'm an awful friend. Let it be known. I'm just honestly obsessed with you living this like beautiful, like, I don't know. I feel like you being in Scotland, Josie, we've talked about this before, but it's kind of like you are having that like a broad experience. But better. I really am. I literally brought Alicia to Scotland. Yes. And I told her, I was like, I just need you to be a down bitch. And she said, say You know what? And this girl, when I tell you, this girl brought it to Scotland this past week. Thank you. She brought every part of her body Please. Emotions, her soul. Yep. And she just laid it out out there on the dance floor. And I think my entire cast was like, who is this unicorn that you're best friends with? (laughs) The unicorn. She's a unicorn. Alicia, what was your perception of that? That truly means. It was a very, it was a historic. It really was. It was actually one of the best experiences I've ever had going out in my life. Wow. Mind you, did my ass think I was going to say that about Scotland? Scotland? No. You're absolutely not. Her literal arse didn't. Goodles. Sorry, I just wanted to say the one word I could say in a Scottish accent. It's very hard, Gettles. but I appreciate it. What is that? What what what, what was the Gettles. word? Goodles. Goodles. Spice goodles. It's it's supposed to be okay. It's awful. It's awful. But let me get into it. Yeah, let, that was horrendous. How dare you? I'm I'm like and I'm like proud. Thank anyway, you, Joe. But wait, let me just be so honest. Like just as much as I want to see the world and I want to travel. I never thought Scotland was a place that I'd really want to go to. Like, frankly, if Josie wasn't there, I would have never visited Scotland. You know what I mean? And also, yeah. if I'm totally going to keep it a buck. I'm like, what diversity do they have in Scotland? Like, I'm not trying to travel across right. the world to be the only black girl in every space. But let me right. tell you something. Tell us. She was shocked. I was shook. It was amazing. Scotland was amazing. Yeah. But anyways, let's get into this iconic night that I had with Josie's phenomenal, lovely, talented cast. So I knew that I was in for a ride because it's Europe, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to be hearing like trap music in every space. (laughs) So I committed um, and I was like, wherever the night takes us, I am here with my bestie. And I also go anywhere with Josie and you, Yaz, um, because I love you guys and you guys are my sisters. And then we go to this place called Eastside. This white, bald DJ is playing Afrobeats and hip hop. And I was like, look at me underestimating Scotland. And I had the time of my life. Literally Bronx was written on the wall. And I just kept on yelling at Josie and being like, we're in Europe. I was very happy. And then after that was where I was taken out of my comfort zone. And I am utterly surprised about how much fun I had. We walked into what seemed like a dungeon for bats. Um, No lights in sight. You could not see anything. Um, Love. It was amazing. There were no words to any of the songs. Yes. Oh, thank. And you know oh, how much of a I wish I was there. when it comes to music. Like <gasps> I do everything with music. I mean, I looked at Alicia. I was just lost in the crowd. And I looked at Alicia, and she was on the stage. Where, like, yep. And it was like not the place to be on. Like the stage. I promise, but she was. People on the stage. don't do that there. And she 
And I looked at her dead in the eye and I was like, are you having fun? And she was like, I'm having fun. <laughs> and it was, it was seeing, it was like seeing my firstborn like fall in love. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to be talking about performative activism and debuting. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Our first ever equation room. Oh my God. <gasps> you guys are going to love this. Basically the equation room is based off of our love for the one place on earth where nothing matters and everyone can just be their most psychotic self, the courtroom. Basically, I am a judge and uh, Alicia and Yasmin are like, I would say like the litigators, um, the lawyers, if you will. It's giving legal. It's giving legally blonde, but none of us are blonde. We will put one conversation on the table, one subject, something extremely controversial. Like, I don't know, like is Avril Lavigne really herself or is is there like multiple of her? Or maybe- she never existed to begin with. Um, and then like, we'll do like, there, there'll be someone fighting for ick. So like, and yum. Um, so like, they'll fight for 60 seconds of whether or not Avril Lavigne, her existence is ick or yum. We physically obviously. fight. We wrestle. We get into the ring. We take ring. Yeah, so they'll start baiting each other up. <laughs> we, we go crazy kooky. Our producer is making a weird movement with her hand. I can't tell if she's having... A seizure or, okay, I think we need to take a break, but we'll be right back. Hey, you, yeah, you, you pretty mother baby. Do you follow us on Instagram and YouTube? No, that's ugly. Then bitch, what are you even doing? Follow us at Dare We Say on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dare we say. We'll be right back. Slade. Daily Show correspondent Dolce Sloan and writer Josh Johnson are best friends who rarely agree on anything. On their new podcast called Hold Up with Dolce Sloan and Josh Johnson, they turn their hilarious, unpredictable, and legendary office banter into war of words about topics big and small, but mostly small. From texting versus calling to club bangers versus conscious rap and everything in between. Listen to Hold Up with Dolce Sloan and Josh Johnson from The Daily Show every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dare We Say is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I do not have all the nutrients that I need to sleep mm. the rest of the night. Yep. Like I'm ravaging through my pantry. I'm trying to like shove some peanut butter in my throat. Literally. I realized I haven't had vitamin D in weeks. I'm in Scotland. I'm desperate for some light. You know what I need? I need one thing and one thing only. And no, it is not male validation. It is athletic greens. You guys, Athletic Greens so good. is literally amazing. It's an incredible supplement that actually tastes great and it's optimized to help and benefit your immune system. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, or as we call it, AG1, which is like its wrapper name, kind of epic, you're absorbing literally 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. So you can be a bad bitch 24-7. You don't have to wake up in the middle of the night with depression in your eyes because you were not full of enough nutrients. Yasmin. Yeah, I'll say yeah, it. please. Hot girls have IBS. I live with IBS. And because of Athletic Greens, it literally helps my gut so much. Like I'm like live laughing and loving like constipation no more because of Athletic Greens. And I mean it. Let it be known. So if you're a hottie with IBS, if you're a hottie who just wants extra nutrients in her bloodstream, in their bloodstream, in his bloodstream, Athletic Greens is the way to go. 
Yeah. And I don't want to take a vitamin that has horse hoof in it. I want a vitamin that's vegan, paleo, keto, (laughs) dairy free or gluten free. So even our friend Allie can eat it. She is the most insane (laughs) food requirements. Literally. Also, can we just talk about how... AG1 is a boss bitch and gives yes. to the world yep. while also helping people's stomachs. Like it is climate neutral certified. <gasps> and it also for every purchase, they donate to organizations oh. helping kids get nutritious foods, including one of the companies that they support is No Kid Hungry here Love. in the U.S. Which is literally amazing. It's also cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. So it's affordable and it's good for you. We need to support our gut health, you guys. That's how we fight off all these viruses. Like even my broke self in college could have afforded this. It costs you less than $3 a day. So not only is it helping your gut, but it helps the world. Like in 2020 alone, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. Like, yeah, God bless Athletic Greens. It's me and uh, help our audience out. What can Athletic Greens do for us? Okay, listen, you guys, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. Swear to God, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Like, I'm not trying to swallow, gobble, and drobble all these different types of pills. I'm already on antidepressants. I have enough. But listen, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a what? Free one year. I'm not goosebumps when I'm saying this. One year supply of immune system supporting vitamin D and are you guys ready? And five free travel packs with your first purchase. Yep. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dare. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash dare to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yum. You want to lessen your hangovers. You want to feel better about yourself. You want to sleep throughout the night. You want to wake up and know that you're not going to get sick the next fucking day because you've been healthy and you've been nutritionized and athletic greens it is. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Okay, there's been something that I always think about, but specifically lately with, you know, so many things going on within our country and stuff and how we interact with like awful atrocities on social media. And it makes me wonder, like, who's actually sincere about this shit when it comes to like posting about activism or posting about a certain problem or domestically or internationally, whether it's a war or like, you know, a tragedy that happened. And as you guys have heard me say a thousand times, one of my favorite phrases is saying like, where the black square bitch is at. Like, you know, mm-hmm, during Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, the yep. height of the protest during the pandemic, I saw people that are literally racist yeah. or have like said such like offensive, ignorant things to me, being like, I stand in solidarity and only seeing them post a black square. Mm-hmm. And how that was like really disorienting and hurtful. And it just makes me wonder, like, how do we properly interact with things on social media when it comes to like activism and like being vocal about political issues to post or not to post to post or not to post that is the that was the question is the question i think it's interesting because i remember when the black square stuff was happening and it was such a stupid thing because it like flooded 
all the Black Lives Matter hashtag, like actual informative posts with just like obviously black squares. And in one hand, it was like what this obviously speaks to a larger issue, but just touching on like this one part of it, like it speaks to some people who like weren't really speaking up, but like I I knew did have good intentions. Mm -hmm. And then also, like you said, like the performative activism part of it too. And just my mindset, like throughout that whole summer, which was trying to decide whether or not I thought that it was okay that I saw some people obviously posting informative things and raising awareness and then some people not posting. And I was realizing like the way that I felt about the people not posting was like negative. And I felt that if I didn't see them post something or if I saw them post something else that like they didn't care. And I like have to be honest, like that did affect my relationships with some people because there are definitely some people who just like don't post on Instagram because Instagram is like very stupid. But it's also something to say that like Instagram is how we all communicate now. And there's like a social contract that you sign when you sign up for Instagram. And that is to display yourself in the way in which you want to be perceived. Mm. And if you are displaying yourself and you're wanting yourself to be perceived in bikini pictures, the week of George Floyd's death exactly, or murder rather, mm-hmm. then that says something about you. And I I definitely used to be best friends with a few people that I'm not anymore because I didn't just stop being friends with them, but I texted them and was like, I inquired as to why they, they were silent and I didn't like their response. But that's my take on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to say that during that time, I... I was, I'm very vocal about everything I believe in. And I did actually post a black square and I went to bed and mm. that was a couple of hours. And a friend of mine, a black man said to me, please delete this. This is, it's not doing anything. It's, and I deleted it right away. And you learn from it because you have to grow, you have to learn and you mm. have to move forward with that. You can't get, especially as a non-black person in a white passing person, you can't be offended or mm. be fragile with it. You have to take it and go forward. And I think with times like that, people just posting a black square, even now I see these uh, token social justice warriors oh my on Instagram. You know, when they have uh, fuck the patriarchy on their Instagram bio, <laughs> posting all of these, like these things and uh, that I'm like, do you actually do anything about it? Or are you just trying to do something for ego? Yeah. It's just a pat in the back. A lot of these posts to reshare. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys for like, always being so committed to growth and like accountability. And I think that that is something that we lack as a society. And I'm including myself in that. Like if you're not a part of a group, be okay with being corrected and learning and evolving. You know, that takes accountability and that isn't easy, but that is how we get to a place that we want when it comes to healing and equity. But what makes me laugh is, you know, I've had people sit me down or ask me questions like, am I bad for not posting? Or like, as a black person, what's your opinion? Mm-mm. <laughs> And it always makes me laugh because I'm not going to let you gaslight me and tell me, well, Instagram doesn't matter. Okay, Hmm. you're right to an extent because social media is a farce. And at the end of the day, I'd much rather you not post shit about anything you do and be doing things in real life and showing up and being an ally in real life. But let's be honest. You think it's really important to post that selfie and to make sure that this person viewed it. Mm -hmm. You think it's really important to talk about your sorority event and make sure that everybody posts about it. So why can't you have the same energy when it's talking about people's human rights? I agree. So stop feeding me the bullshit that Instagram doesn't matter when it really matters that you get that bikini picture from the Santa Monica Pier up there. 
Like put your money where your mouth is. Priorities like start changing when it's different topics. And they're like, oh, it's not the same thing. I'm just not as comfortable talking about it. Okay, cool. But at least have the perceptiveness and wherewithal to know like, hmm, there was a mass shooting today. And also people are crying in the streets and I see my black peers or, you know, queer siblings going through something right now. And they're really distraught. Maybe it's not time for me to post my hide pictures at the club. You know what I mean? I don't need to post but, the first trap when I have when there are people being murdered. You know what I mean? And I get it. Yeah. At the end of the day, your Instagram is your Instagram. It's, if it's not who you are, please don't post. Get it? But, but at the same time, I think it's about intentionality I and specificity. So yeah. stop feeding me the lie that it doesn't matter because it matters about other things. So use your platform properly. And that's my opinion. Well, I was also going to say too, like with, posting and stuff like I think it's sort of a hard thing to explain to people why it's frustrating only because like I don't know Instagram is so strange like I even remember having a conversation with my sister when she was asking me about um, a friend that I had and I was like oh I don't really talk to her anymore like she was genuinely like very silent like during the summer of 2020 and I just I spoke to her about it and like she honestly didn't seem to like care that much. And then like once I fully explained it to my sister, she got it. But like when my sister first asked, I was like, yeah, of course not. If you're not fucking posting, like what the fuck is wrong with you? And like I could tell that like that immediately like shut down mm-hmm. like any chance that I could get of like teaching her or like just showing her like w- just what I meant by that. And I think I just like got triggered because the people that annoy me the most are the ones that posted that um, Instagram graphic that said, some are marching, some are cheering, some are posting, and some are praying. Yes, we're all doing stuff differently, and I'm like, well, might that, as well just say that. Is, might as well just say you don't fucking care. Yeah, like, there it is. You're but it's not even that. It's like you're not saying, oh my gosh, we all have different ways of fighting this fight because that's true. But a lot of people posted also, that, that and, doesn't need to be said. No, no, exactly. But there's also like a lot of people that posted that and are like, but I'm uncomfortable having the conversation at the dinner table. I just don't know enough. We'll just show up broken and feeling not enough rather than not showing up I, at all. A thousand percent. And people are way too comfy not showing up at all. Yeah, I want to I wanna bring up, I almost actually, I almost lost a couple friends who were actually rooting for me and on my side during the summer of 2020 on August 4th on my birthday when the Beirut blast happened, mm. the explosion. Lost my home, lost family members, lost everything. And I was just asking people, like my very close friends, why aren't you posting this? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you talking about Lebanon when mm-hmm. they've already donated? They've already shown me the receipts. They've been check up, checking up on me every single day. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why aren't you posting? Mm-hmm. And one of my best friends sat me down and she's like, I hear you. You're hurting. But when you're shoving it down, people's throat in an aggressive tone. Yeah. For me, you kind of... People want to be there for you. And if the people are actually, they don't really give a shit, you shouldn't have them in your life, period. Mm, yeah, And right. you know who those people are. But for your close friends who are actually doing it, when posting's really just not their thing, it shuts, it, it creates a, a really bad, unhealthy friction in the friendship. And I'm proud of you for bringing that up because I've done that too. And I think that's where like liberals are just like progressive people. And like, this is like a right-wing thing too. Like, it's just like where passion over rights like just like fact and like sanity and civility. And sure. like, I think that is obviously like one of the holes in our country in general. And we have to be cognizant and we have to hold ourselves accountable because 
I think it's so important for people to like be on top of it and to be slightly aggressive because these conversations need to be had and people need to be reprimanded. But it's also like we lose people automatically as soon as we are so inflammatory with our language and our rhetoric. I agree. Someone said this and then I want Alicia because you're about to say something. Don't mistake my passion for aggression. Mm. But you can't expect people. But you can't expect. And so there's this duality. It's that. it's so difficult. It's it's really nuanced and complex because as much as if you follow me, then you know like I post an a- immense amount about the things that I'm passionate about. As you should. Because that's the way I want to navigate my Instagram. Sure. But I've told so many of my friends like if it doesn't feel natural and if it feels disingenuous, don't do it. Mm. I prefer you to be that person that shows up otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, be about it in real life. That is so much more important. Because some of my favorite people who are allies have never posted anything. But they show up for me personally and they show up for other people in real life. At the end of the day, don't get it twisted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then what about the people that you don't know in your life personally that you don't see post? You view them more negatively. Not even. I'm, I I'm, do a little bit. I'm, in he, some here's, way. Here's my thing. For me, if yeah. you are someone who posts all the time and you are someone that navigates social media very frequently and you never say something, I will say I have a negative perception of you. Sure. But there are also those people who don't want to live online. And I also, I also respect that. Like, I'm just like, don't do anything that feels disingenuous and forced. Because then on the other side of the spectrum, I know people that do not avidly have certain conversations, but having their Instagram bio, advocate. So, so you would call that performative and that, activism. And it's performative well, activism. And that is like a really scary place. Because like, I, I say this all the time. Like, <laughs> I like my people like straightforward. I, I like my racist I like racist. my racist racist. Yep. I say it all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't say something that isn't natural to you because then that's murkier water. Frankly, that's scarier. Not to make it beyond super deep, but like Birmingham, Alabama, Martin Luther King says it best. He's like, the white moderate liberal is more dangerous to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. in our progression than the far right Republican. Because I know where the far right Republican stands and I can have a conversation at the middle of the table with him. But a liberal moderate progressive aggressive person where they don't know and they're just posting because they think they need to. That doesn't empower us. It doesn't. Alicia, yes. And I just want to say a little monologue from your favorite white influencer. (laughs) They're all over. I just want to acknowledge and acknowledging my, uh, that the world is messed up and I stand with my brothers and sisters in this fight of acknowledging an equal opportunity and I take responsibility gay rights that's what they all fucking sound like whenever someone holds them accountable for their actions yeah. on Instagram here's my thing that's don't what say, they sound like I'm like here's my thing if you care about something don't be scared to use your voice and post about it it's important other people feel seen especially I know, when you have a platform exactly and people look up to you I'm sorry I know you don't want to post if like you want to be bipartisan and you have sponsors and your publicist yeah. is telling you don't do it but when you have 1.4 million followers on Instagram or no you, but even if your publicist is telling you to do it tell them to suck a dick I Josie I 100% like agree with you I was actually just gonna say worth more I agree a thousand percent than a job or a dollar sign and you're a fucking whore if you put your <laughs> dollar can't. signs over your morality and I'm a, I'm a key I can't Tea. No, that mm-hmm. was a word, mm-hmm. Josie. Yes, social media is fake and it's a farce and mm-hmm. it's bullshit sometimes. But I've had people reach out to me and I've reached out to people being like, yo, I don't even know you that well, but you posted about like 
immigration and thanks. I see you for that. You know what I mean? Like in this really fucked up world, sometimes little shit like that can matter. So if I'm going to be the annoying girl who posts a little bit too much, unfollow me. I don't care about that shit. You know what I mean? So it's just like, do what feels natural, but just do better, be better. Like I live by that. Do better, be better. Do your due diligence and try to show up for people. And if social media is a part of that, then it's a part of it. You can't expect people of color or the people who are being oppressed Mm -hmm. to come at you in any sort of way that isn't the reality of the situation so that you can be better soothed to learn because that's your fucking job. But it does also our jobs as the non-Black people to reach out if we care and to say shit and to speak up. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I have friends that deal with those situations differently. But I personally don't reach out to a soul. But if you know me, you reach out to me and you ask me questions, even if they're rude and ignorance, but you're genuinely curious— I feel like one of my purposes is to like educate through empathy. But I think that we also need to like do a much better job at telling people like it's not your job for someone to educate you. Because so many white people have come up to me and I've spoken to like other siblings and other different oppressed communities and they share their stories of people coming up to me and being like, teach me. And I'm like, that's not your job. Like, you know what I mean? So I think people do need to use their resources better, whether it's social media, obviously with you doing research because you can't trust everything you see. That's also another thing. So many people post things and don't actually know what the fuck they're posting. I was gonna, that goes into I wanted to, and that's that's crazy. That's literally what I wanted to talk about. It's like, we talk about (laughs) posting to post. Like how you said, I'd I'd have my racist, like I have my racist. Are you just posting to fucking say I was a, I did it. And a lot of people do. And a lot of these people say say it and then I have something to follow up on. Have you guys ever been a performative activist before? Or have you ever fallen into Honestly, once, and I'll tell you once. Oh my gosh. It was like an I, I animal. Have say, I have to say, I have. I have. It was have like you? during, during like the- Have I been a performative activist? Once, yeah. and it was during animal rights. Like they wait, were like wait, slaughtering wait, wait. like no, an talking, elephant. And I'm I was like, okay, I'll post that. With, Don't slaughter talking, the elephants. I am talking like something that matters. <laughs> elephants do matter. You're so disrespectful. Elephants matter. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm no, joking. No. I'm, I'm really, talking about like Black Lives Matter. Wait, wait, Okay. I thoroughly believe in this, so it's not performative. But I will say I'm not doing enough. Like I could be someone who's vegan. I could be a lot more adamant about the way that I'm recycling Wait, and reusing. Of- so I I do um I do post about sustainability, but I think that I could be oh. better in how I am a sustainable individual user. Not like we should hold corporations accountable or anything and oil and whatever. But I was really racking my brain. Um because I try to be super adamant about not posting about anything I don't thoroughly believe in. So I think I'm pretty good at that. But if there was one thing that I could do better, I'm I'm going to talk my shit. Like, unlike a lot of other people, I haven't had the choice on whether or not I want to talk about something because I was forced to have to navigate it. You know what I mean? But obviously, like, I'm not no all be all, but I would say I could be so much more sustainable. And sometimes I do feel convicted about not taking greater measures in regards to like climate change. But I do post about climate change because I do believe in that, like we could do better as a society and corporations obviously need to be held accountable. Right. But um, yeah, how about you? What's your story? My, my experience is that I have been a performative activist before and it was with Black Lives Matter. And okay. during the summer of 2020, I'm just being completely honest. Oh, I wow. okay. realized that during that summer, I was a great, or as I was told by people that followed me, a great resource for some people because I was the only person that a lot of people were following that were posting about this. Mm. And... I took that really seriously and Mm -hmm. I 
always, if you guys know me, you know I always read everything before I post it. You like, always I think do. we all try to. We all do. Obviously, we all do. But like, I am so you don't scared play. of like, reposting something. I know we've had conversations before. I'm like, where was that from? I was like, where's your source? Just be, She'll DM me and be you, like, where'd you get you this only, from? You always have your source, but yeah, and I like, always double check because- Of course. I'm, you have so many eyes on you. And well, and even if I didn't too, like I never want to put my name on something that isn't something that I necessarily represent. And sure. I remember during that summer, I had to get a surgery and I was going to be down for the count for fucking two days because my fucking doctor, Marcy, was going to knock me out <laughs> with anesthesia. <laughs> And I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to post for like three days while I'm on Ambien and like, you know, flirting with my nurses. And that was scary for me. And I remember I asked a girl, our friend Roxy, if she could like log into my Instagram Mm. and if she could like post for me and like make sure to read everything, make sure it's posting because I didn't want people to think that I just stopped caring. And I also didn't want people to think that I was no longer a resource for them. And that's my story of being a performative activist because in theory, like I shouldn't have done that, I think, in Mm. retrospect, because it wasn't, even though it was for good intentioned reasons, it was still me presenting myself in a way in which that isn't authentic. So Mm. I take accountability for that. Thank you for sharing that. That was really powerful. I think that that's a great point. I adore you. We'll always have combos like that on our way to coffee. But um, at the end of the day, preserve your peace. And it's it's not our job to have to run to the altar to save people. Like, just because an issue affects me, if I feel naturally inclined to mm. and I grace you and honor you with my opinion or wanting to educate you, then okay. Yeah. But it isn't my job to fix or give you an opinion. Thought. Thought. <laughs> um, especially when I'm burdened with the oppressive force. You know what I mean? I'm curious to know, has social media ever changed your mind about something? And do you think that we should just keep posting? How do you think we should interact with activism and posting on social media? I think we can carry on with having this newfound sense of knowledge, which is being able to talk to people with grace, as you say, educate with empathy when we are speaking to people who are being more silent. And I think with ourselves, if we feel like expressing ourselves in the best way possible is to use social media, we should continue to do that. And yes, I think I've learned from social media and I've heard from people that they've learned from stuff as well. And that is, that's a privilege. And I'm grateful that we we have that medium. So yes. I just will quickly say all the nuance, pros and cons considered, I think, most most of the time, it is more fruitful to be posting things that you're passionate about if it feels natural. And at the end of the day, I think this conversation doesn't even matter if you're not doing it in real life. So make sure 100%. that social media is a starting point. But start there. That's what I think. So if the question that we posed in the beginning was to post or not to post, then I guess we all feel like the answer to is to, to post. post. <laughs> <laughs> If there's one way I'd like to end a sentence, it's with an apostrophe. Dare We Say is brought to you by apostrophe. Now, as you guys know, we love apostrophe. Every single day I wake up, I look at the news and another fucking celebrity 
has a skincare line. It's overwhelming with the amount of options that are out there. It's hard to know what's best for you. And when it comes to finding skincare products that actually work in general, it's just complicated. And that's why we are excited to partner with Apostrophe. It's an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin, which means a board certified dermatologist is using the details that you've put in about your personal skin and is crafting a in-depth process to better your skin in the most beneficial way possible. Josie, Alicia, can I tell you a little story about my time with apostrophe? Please. Please. You got eczema? Yes, I do. (laughs) I do have eczema and apostrophe has really helped me with that. I do need some steroid topicals for my arms and apostrophe happily supplied that. I don't feel like going to a dermatologist that's in Beverly Hills. I don't feel like spending an arm and a leg to go get my skin checked out by someone who I'm going to have to wait 17,000 freaking months for. On the other side of the 101. I don't want to go on the other side of the 101. I'm tired. And I just want to get my eczema checked, my perioral dermatitis. And apostrophe has really helped me with that. I'm just glad that we're sharing it with our audience. Like it expedites the process. You are speaking with a certified professional dermatologist. It is accessible. You can do it at home, girl. And then you can get your skin looking right how we have. All you have to do is fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history. And then you take a few selfies of yourself, which we know your fucking vain ass is already doing anyway. Doing already. Yeah. So you might as well just like submit those in. As I'm doing it right now. Also, they offer treatments for all types of acne from hormonal to facial to back chest i mean even fucking thigh and and calf acne calf acne isn't talked about but it exists and it is real and your booty too oh my god exactly and your ass too booty does have acne they treat breakouts head to toe baby All right, guys, Familia, we have a special deal for our audience. So get into it. Get your very first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash dare. When you use our code dare in all caps, that's saving you $15. The code is only available to our listeners. So, hey, take it. We love you. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash dare and click begin visit. Then use our code dare at sign up. Then you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. We really love y'all. Dare We Say is brought to you by Karyoma. Anyone who knows me knows when I have a sneaker, I stick with it every single day, like a God-given uniform. And I think anyone who knows us personally knows that we're freaks for Karyuma shoes. I mean, they look sexy, they're comfortable, they're available in bold prints and neutral colors. So if you want to be fun and fresh and exciting, Karyuma. If you want to be boring and lonely in a Virgo, Karyuma. And anyone can wear them without getting scared because you're going to look amazing no matter what. And we're excited to announce that Crooked and Karyuma have collaborated to launch our own co-branded Aka low tops in two designs that we think you guys will be obsessed with. These sneakers are everything you love about both Crooked and Karayuma. They're made ethically and sustainably from organic cotton canvas, natural rubber, cork, and recycled plastics. In every pair you buy, plants not one, but two trees in the Brazilian rainforest through Karayuma's in-house ecological restoration program. I love, love companies that actually do something for the environment and do something for the world while also like making their bag. Yeah, I I love it. And they're just as good on the outside. With two ways to wear your progressive values. One shoe has an all over I voted sticker in print Mm. that our design team knocked out of the park. And the other is a classic white sneaker with the words, no step backs. It's a timely political rally cry. And a subtle shoe pun. Like, what more do you want? Nothing more. 
And in a world where people are being stripped of their voter rights and their ability to participate in a free and fair election, a portion of the proceeds from these shoes and any item you buy from the crooked store goes to Vote Writers, the leading organization focused on voter ID. They inform citizens of their state's voter ID requirements and help them secure the documents they need to vote. And you can support them too by just picking up some new crooked kicks. I swear to God, if homeboy pulls up in a pair of these... He's going to like get it. Get it. Bella Hadid right now is like. So yeah, anyway, why don't you just like check out both designs and claim your pair at crooked.com slash kicks. That's crooked.com slash kicks. Send a photo of your sexy or ugly feet wearing your carry on Miss shoes and I might repost it. I mean, we'll rate that. We'll rate your feet. Yeah. 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 Let people know you're a good person with your shoe. Carry on carry on shoes. Welcome to the Beating Heart, the epicenter of the most divided political and social discourse of our time, where we debate some serious topics, and it's also the final destination for your last brain cell. I'm Judge Josanna, and this is The Ickuation Room. Now, there can only be one ick and yum. Each party will present their case based on the topic that we present in front of them. Today's topic is our landing page. Ick, go first. 30 seconds on the clock. Your Honor, thank you so much for having me today. I just want to bring up something that's very important today, and that's the mental health of our youth. The uh, Harvard study did show that the number one case of anxiety for youth is caused by what? The Zara landing page. And with anxiety on the rise and depression on the rise after the pandemic, online shopping went up. And everyone went to Zara, running, screaming to Zara. But Zara's landing page is the worst thing in America since the insurrection on January 6th. Thank you, Your Honor. Out of time. Thank you, Ick. Yum, please appease the court. I have to be honest. I think that um, my opponent is spreading fake news. The Zara landing Mm. page is a great place to go to look for the clothes that you know you're going to buy anyways. Everybody complains about the page, still goes to Zara. And it's an experience. It's giving avant-garde. It's giving It is giving looks and it's giving poses. And also, are you speaking over me? But I think the Zara page is for the intelligent and want a good top to go to the club or could go to work. All of us are still going to continue to go to the Zara landing page. So I think that is my case. Mm, thank you. You're out of time. Let's give a few moments for the jury to deliberate. In the meantime, please stare at each other rudely and think negative thoughts. We, the jury, have decided that Ick wins. Zara Lani Page is, in fact, the leading cause of death among people and is awful. So thank you. Adjourned. Go home and don't talk to me ever again. Bye. Um, well, that's our show, you guys. We did it again, a second time. And they didn't fire us or send secret poison in our drinks and kill us. You've been watching yeah, too much bit too Discovery much ID. Time. But we did it. And like, we're still doing it. That's kind of insane. Yay. Um, I'm really, really happy with our conversation today. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like it's taught me something. I hope it's taught you guys something too. Guys, thank you for listening. Yasmin, take it away. Thank you all so much for listening to us. I really appreciate you being here. Live laughing and loving with us. We sound like we're like, we work at like, like a funeral home. Like we've just, you know, we've sold, we've sold a casket to a family. We're like, thank you for coming. What you shouldn't do is be an awful person, but you know what great people do do? 
is rate our podcast five stars <laughs> and follow Dare We Say on Instagram because you're hot if you do so. And maybe we'll maybe we'll give you a kiss on the cheek. And also please rate us. If yeah, you rate want. us physically yeah, truly. and emotionally. Oh Objectify us. Remember if when you that want. was a trend? Why did we all just like commit to that? <gasps> wait, wait like my status me. for like, a rate? like this right now and I'll rate you. LMS for a rate in a TBH. It's insane. There needs to be another word for that word. Well, like, don't um, rate us because, like, fuck the patriarchy, but rate our podcast. No, rate Thank you so me, much. Please. We need the validation. Um, anyway, God bless every single yes, one God of you. Bless I'm you. a proud. Except Marjorie American. Taylor Greene. You do not get this. You do you not. Mean, why do you have to make everything about politics? Ugh, I love it. Keep oh, doing it. I'm one of those girls. Sorry. Mm, she's different. She's quirky. Why does she why does she bring up politics everywhere she goes? Because Jugs are bad, but dare we say it's Yay, dead. Yay, we love you so much. Be Bye. nice to yourself. Bye, kiddos. Love you. Dare we say is a crooked media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer, and Sandy Girard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual Peña. Vasilis Fotopoulos and Charlotte Landis, they are both our engineers. Brian Vasquez is our editor and theme music composer. Our video producers are Matt DeGroote, Narm Melkonian, and Dylan Villanueva, and Mia Kelman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverett, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okalati for marketing the show and making us look so damn good.